Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for joining us on this day after Thanksgiving. This is a special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning and welcome to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio for this day after Thanksgiving. I'm Paul Perot, Carmen's producer. And since it's a holiday weekend, just like you, we want to sit back and relax with our families and decorate our homes for the holidays and maybe do some shopping online. So today we're bringing you some of our favorite interviews over the past few months. Have you ever been told, look inside and find your true self? It's fairly common these days. Coming up later this hour, Carmen will be talking with Trevin Wax, the managing editor of The Gospel Project and author of the new book, Rethink Yourself. Yes, well, finding yourself is important. Trevin will explain why it's best to look up before you even look inside. That's coming up in about a half hour. First, though, a couple of weeks ago, Carmen was delighted to talk with Brother Andrew Corriente. He's a Franciscan friar who last year won the Great American Baking Show. We initially talked with him in the spring of this year. And with the holidays coming up, we wanted to bring him back and talk some more. After all, with the pandemic, we're kind of stuck at home. Why not do some? baking. Well, that conversation is just moments away as Mornings with Carmen continues here on Faith Radio. Andrew Corriente. I just love to talk with him on Taste and See Tuesday. So, Brother Andrew, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Carmen. It's good to be back. All right. For people who don't know, you can watch uh, Brother Andrew um, on YouTube. He's This Friar Bakes. This Friar Bakes. Those are the videos you would look for on YouTube. Um, so I have a I have a couple of listener questions already. And let me just say, oh. if you're listening right now oh. and you've got a question for Brother Andrew, you can just text me at 877-933-2484. All right. So a question here from Michelle. She lives up north and she does not have a good sweet potato pie recipe. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michelle. Neither do I. <laughs> but you actually, you know, actually, so... um um, when it comes to recipes, Michelle, I think the best thing to do is obviously um, uh, the internet. And so the thing that I always tell people when they're looking for a good quality recipe, look at the reviews. Mm. If if it's like 500 plus reviews with four and a half stars, I think it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but there you if go. It's like, if it's like a blogger online and there's no ratings, but the pictures look pretty, mm. that's when I get nervous um, because pictures can be altered and they may not be including steps that you really know. So my my favorite publications are um, things like King Arthur Flower, 
as mm. well as uh, they're, they're great. Um, they test the recipes constantly. The New York Times tests the recipes constantly, as does uh, Food Network and um, Serious Eats as well, too. Uh, oh, and Cook's Illustrated. I'm sorry. I look at so many recipes. So okay, <laughs> no, so that's so helpful. I love that. Yeah. See, that's, now you're giving yeah. us your the inside scoop. So it's not like, you know, you are just um, waiting for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to deliver into your mind <laughs> ideas about a sweet potato pie recipe. You are actually uh, sourcing this with people who have thought about it and tried things out and tested them. These are tested and approved. I love that. What are you cooking? What are you cooking like right now, and what are you cooking for the holidays? Oh, t- tonight, right now, I need to make a spice cake for a birthday. Mm. <laughs> so, I love so that. I, oh, the last time we talked to you, you were making a birthday cake. I'm always making birthday cakes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm making, um, so I, I, people know me in the Catholic community here in D.C., so they asked me for birthday cakes, for apple pies, um, for cookies, for the celebrations. So I have a, a list of orders, but I also do a lot of charity work too. So I'm making um, certain things for them as well. So uh, this week I'm booked with um, a birthday cake and a donation to a women's shelter. So that's what I'll that. be doing. That's what we'll be working on between um, classes. Um, but, you know, like when it comes to recipe development, Carmen, um, it's a mixture of both like inspiration from the holy spirit but also a lot of research you know so like and like uh, chemistry yes amen seriously do not do not forget that like baking actually requires measuring so for those of us that are more like oh throw this in throw this in throw this in that looks good um we're not our our baking efforts are not great (laughs) you know like i know it's it's what i tell people too is like i know it's a pain to sit there and measure carefully but you'll be so happy you did at the end of the day. You know, you really will because it'll work, especially if it's a tested recipe. Um, and I always encourage people to measure by weight to get a digital mm. scale. Um, I just checked on Amazon. I saw a scale for like eleven ninety nine, um, and they're they're quite affordable these days now too. And my results have been more consistent now, Carmen. Um, okay, so. so- yeah. So here, you need to develop like a little blog post. I don't know if you do blogs, but or something. <laughs> that when we talk about stuff. Yeah, right, measuring, measuring by weight, right? Like I feel like yeah. there's a glory conversation to have there. Like, right, the <laughs> weight of God's glory and being measured by weight. Like that's good. Amen. I like that. Amen. I like that. Amen. And it's more precise too, you know? So God gets, get a, gets a better feel for your holiness by weight. You know? <laughs> right? I want my I want my I want my relationship with God to have some gravitas, to have some well, weight to it, to be substantial. Amen. And also like with the precision, you know, with us in the in the moral life, Carmen, like we have to be we have to be unflinching. We have to be precise in our moral decisions, right? So why and then that also translates to baking too. You know? I love that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. glory and precision conversation is uh, is going to be had. Okay, so I am talking with Brother Andrew Corriente. We are we are talking on this Tasty Tuesday um, about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. I want to have a conversation about holidays. Um, okay, a lot of people do. They've sort of missed the the whole idea that holy is a part of holiday. Like it's a holy mm-hmm. day. It's a day that is set apart. I feel <clears throat> like you're helping people sort of reclaim the reality of every holy day because it sounds like you are you you're thinking that celebration needs to be happening all the time. Um talk with us about holiness, holy days, what it means to be set apart. 
Yeah. Oh, preach, Carmen. You're like reading from my journal or something. I, I did I read know. your journal, and that's um, that's up next. Uh-huh. It's seriously in there. So, you, so holiness. So, holiness is what you said. It's set apart for God. So, in a way, um, we condition ourselves through um, our certain moral practices, our certain disciplines, in order to make ourselves more approachable. Uh, to God, and so that we, in a way, condition ourselves to Him. So, sort of like, you know how people are so intense about exercise routines and diets, and there are like a million different diets and a million different exercise routines. They're disciplining their bodies, right, in order mm-hmm. to get a result that they want. For us as Christians, we disciplined our minds, our hearts, um, in or in our actions, obviously, to condition ourselves to be closer to God. And so we adopt these certain practices too. And so when we set aside um, these days for holiness and to set aside far from God, it's in a way we're giving back and we're recognizing who we are and we belong to God. You know, on the seventh day was made for the Sabbath, right? And that is so crucial because that seventh day you're supposed to rest. You're supposed to celebrate that you belong to someone and you belong to God. Um, and to set aside celebrations and holy days for that is just another reminder of the beauty that we are as creatures of, of God. I just love it. Brother Andrew Corriente and I are going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Check out his videos at This Friar Bakes on YouTube. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Brother Andrew Corriente, you can find him on Instagram at This Friar Bakes. And so the next questions are going to come in relationship to his Instagram account, This Friar Bakes. Um, I now follow you on Instagram. Um, and on here, you talk about prayer, you talk about serving the poor, um, baking and cooking with what's around that that might be a fun exercise like open the cupboard door and make something mm. but let me say what i'm what is happening to me right now as i'm looking at your instagram account i am reminded that we eat with our eyes <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> talk about talk mm. about making the gospel beautiful it's one thing to feed mm. to feed people Right. And to yeah. feasting on the word and feasting on really good food. It's one thing for it to taste good and be nourishing. It's another mm-hmm. thing for the gospel to be made so beautiful in the world that people are attracted to it. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. So obviously we, what we believe is truth. Right, Carmen? And mm-hmm. that truth can help change people's lives and stuff like that, too. It's not necessarily like just quoting the Bible, you know, just like going to someone's face and quoting the Bible sort of thing. In a way, making things beautiful, um, how St. Francis used to do it, is through action. Through action by the, you're living out the gospel. They say that St. Francis's life was a prayer. So everything he did was was saturated with gospel values. So serving the poor, being patient amidst conflict, um, persevering amidst like persecution and always like turning the other cheek. And so with those concrete actions, he was living out the gospel. And it's from there that people saw the beauty and the aut- authenticity of his life because he's a man who practices what he preached, right? And mm-hmm. so 
with that, um, from that point, he was able to talk to people to explain how the gospel has changed his life and how he lives that out. He there's there's stories of him talking in town squares and people are just like, who's this crazy person talking? Right? <laughs> but then because there was so much um, authenticity and you could tell that the gospel values really integrated into his life. Like, you know, like Carmen, like when someone's speaking like from their heart and it's real true, like it's, it's intoxicating. Absolutely. Like, yeah. So I think for us to make the gospel look beautiful, um, first it has to be integrated into our heart. We have to reflect mm-hmm. on it and to see, okay, how am I honestly living this? Am I really doing enough? Am I really um, trying hard or am I fooling myself? So the way we make the gospel look beautiful is for us to really have a better relationship with it. And that way people will see how beautiful it is. Yeah, there's this there's this authentic faith and people, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people know, I don't know if you've ever like had a pastry that didn't taste like anything. <laughs> and you're like... Times. Okay. Or, or my conversation that I like to have from time to time, like people don't want a bunch of of half-baked Christians. Like that's not good. Like that is not helping people savor the savior. That is not good. So um, if we're going to, you know, make Christ known in the breaking of the bread, the bread needs to be able to be broken. Like, right. It's got to be fully baked. Your faith has to be fully baked. And that's what you're talking about. This honestly integrated, authentic faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, Carmen. You again, you're reading pages from my diary. <laughs> it's crazy. You didn't know those were published, did you? Yeah, yeah right. So, apparently. It's a oh thing. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's that's the thing about it too. It's like um with 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 pastries that don't taste like anything, they're so beautiful sometimes, right, Carmen? But mm-hmm. then I remember my sister bought me this pastry and it looked it was inspired by a painting of Van Gogh and it looked impeccable. I was in awe. I was, it was breathtaking and I ate it and it tasted like jello, you know, Mm. (laughs) like, like, I was like, Mm. I'm like, like, I I mean, nothing wrong with jello, obviously, but like you were expecting a little bit, right? You're expecting a little bit more, right? From it. And it's so interesting because, um, I think this is also what they taught me on the great American baking show is like, you could have style, but you don't have substance. And that's the same thing with our faith too. Sometimes we could say, um, and do things that look like, you know, we're, we're practicing our faith, but internally, and this is what Jesus teaches us, our hearts are not with him, you know? And that's the, that's what's frustrating, um, about the faith journey is that there are many, there are many Christians who sometimes we, um, just do the right things and say the right things. But are we actually integrating those values again, that authenticity like we talked about, you know? Yeah, style without substance is not sustenance. Like that's true in baking. That's also, you know, true in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Let's um let's uh talk about um fellowship. Because one of okay. the things that's unique about the life that you are called to and the life that you um, are in as a, you're still a friar in training, yes? Yes, correct. Well, okay. I, I'm actually I um, a fully professed friar. Um, you could call me a priest in training right now. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a process and it's ongoing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you're now a priest in training. Um, and um, there's a fellowship that you are in that is different 
than many people have or will ever experience. And yet the body of Christ is supposed to be a family where we are all adopted as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we experience this familial fellowship um, in, in ways that we may or may not have experienced in our families of origin and in ways that may or may not be true living in a household of people who are not all Christians, right? So talk with me about the fellowship you experience with um, with other Christians. Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> there's this um, this beautiful lot in our constitutions is that our our brothers um, strive for unity, not uniformity. So it's in that sense, it means that we're all very different people. We all have different cultures. We have different backgrounds. We have different interests, um, and. But the thing is, we are all united to build the kingdom of God. We all share the same value and the mission for that as in that respect, right? And so for myself, I find it I find it helps me um, build relationships better because the thing is, like, despite our differences, despite our frustrations with each other, and we could still find that common interest, that common goal. We all love God and we all love what we're doing in our lives of bringing peace, justice, and charity out to the world, right? And so with that, I think it teaches me a sense of like uh, a deeper sense of connection with people. You know, Carmen, like, so Mm -hmm. it'd be like uh, my friends, my secular friends uh, who aren't faith, who aren't Christian or or have any religion, I get there's a certain energy we have and we bond really well. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we have the same values, um, mm-hmm. but there's a certain chemistry with that, too. You don't necessarily have that with your fellow Christian brother or sister in terms of that connection, that energy, right? Mm-hmm. That draw to it. Yet, at the same time, you learn how to in a way, furnish that in a different respect in the light of Christ. And so what manifests is this beautiful, different kind of love. The love I have for my friends is this like easy, like I love that. Like it's like, it's like getting along with someone really well, but this Christian love, it it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's something different, mm-hmm. um, but beautiful in its own right. And it's like, no matter like, the times when you drive me crazy or the times when we like have the best time ever. Um, like I, I love you, you know? And I think it's because of that, that faith bond that we have. This friar bakes on Instagram, also videos on YouTube, brother, Andrew Corriente, um, Capuchin Franciscan friar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Capuchin. All the right. Yes. <laughs> Capuchin. See, yeah. I knew I was saying it wrong. It's okay. Say, Everyone does, Carmen. Don't worry. Ca- Capuchin. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost like cappuccino. Capuchin Franciscan you know, that's Friar. That's where the name came from. Oh, <gasps> really? Okay. Next time. Today. <laughs> next time, can we talk about the coffee that goes with the baking? <laughs> Maybe. I love All right. 
Follow him on yeah. Instagram and scroll down to this Apple thing and make me one of those. That is the uh, <laughs> command to my listening audience today. Andrew, what a delight. What a delight. Um, we just we love what you're doing. We love who you are, the spirit in which you're doing it. Keep keep baking. Keep bringing us the gospel in all of its beauty and truth and its nourishment and goodness gracious, its tastiness. Amen, Carmen. Thank you very much Amen. for having me, and God bless you. Take care. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, friends, we will be right back to close up the show. I'm, 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 my mouth is salivating. I'll be right back. How do you know who you are? Your identity. This is the best of mornings with Carmen LaBerge for this day after Thanksgiving. Good morning. I'm Paul Perot, her producer, and we're enjoying some of the favorite talks from the last few months. And up next, we're going to hear a conversation from October with Trevin Wax. He's the author of several books. His latest is Rethink Yourself. In this world of various identity ideologies... It's an important perspective. That conversation about six minutes away. Do you celebrate Advent? You know, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Advent starts this Sunday. The word Advent means coming. It's a time to remember Christ's first coming and look forward with expectancy to his second. The Advent season is the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And to help you focus on Jesus during the season, we invite you to join us again this year in reading through the 24 chapters of the Gospel of Luke. A chapter a day starts on Tuesday, December 1st. We'll wind up reading the final chapter of Luke on Christmas Eve. Learn more at MyFaithRadio.com. Mornings with Carmen continue shortly here on Faith Radio. Trevin Wax. He is the Senior Vice President of Theology and Communications at Lifeway Christian Resources. Um, And I just learned, reading his bio, that he's a former missionary to Romania. So I'm leading off with that question. Trevin Wax, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Good to be with you again. It's great to be with you. I didn't know that you'd been a missionary in Romania. I did. I was uh, actually 20 years ago last month. I bought a one-way ticket as a 19-year-old and uh, lived in Romania for five years, met my wife there. We had our first son during that period of time, did mission work in villages around the, the city where I lived in and in um, different churches that had need, and uh, did my undergrad at a Christian university there. So wonderful experience. Do you know Chelsea patterson Sibolic in D.C.? I have met her a couple of times, actually, okay. yes. And so she was born in Romania. Do you guys have this? Okay, you've already shared this little content. You've already made that connection. I um, just, you know, as the Lord would have it, I was actually on a mission trip in Romania in December of 2000. So it's possible we were actually there at the same time. That would be amazing. I'd love to hear more details about where you were. Uh, because stunning. It is stunning. possible the whole that thing. we ran into each other. Who knows? stunning experience. Totally, uh, totally. Yeah, it was amazing. Okay. We're not talking about that today, though. We'll have to find another time to talk about that. Today, we're talking about your brand new book, Rethink Yourself. All right. So the power of looking up before looking in. Um, Just talk about the motivation to present this book at this particular time, Uh, because this topic, the topic of the self, not only how I see myself, but how I sort of define and represent myself in the world. Um, You know, we are in a selfie time. So this is a good, good subject matter content. Talk about the 
the timing of this and um, and then just give us an overview of the content. Well, well, one of the things that as I I look out over our culture here in the in North America, uh, predominantly, I there are lots of assumptions that we make about what the purpose of life is that we don't think to question. You know, you go to a graduation ceremony and what are you going to hear? You're going to hear messages like, uh, you know, you need to be true to yourself, follow your heart, chase your dreams. You know, no matter what anyone else tells you, you are, you are the one who determines your destiny. You're the one who defines yourself. And that's just kind of common sense wisdom for many of us in North America. And I think even for many people who are in church today, a lot of people go to church, not because they're necessarily seeing God as the center of everything and they want to revolve their lives around him and his purposes for them. A lot of people go to church because they think God is going to help them do what I just talked about, be true to themselves, follow their heart, become a better person, whatnot. And so it's sort of like God is on the periphery and they're really at the at the center. And so what I wanted to do in this book was to to help people uncover some of those assumptions that they may never have questioned before, uh, to show them what those are, to say, look, you may think that the purpose of life is to look in deep inside yourself, discover your deepest desires, and then express that self to the world. But that's not the way that most people around the world look at the purpose of life. A lot of other people in other parts of the world look first around at other people for the community to help them understand who they're going to be and what their role is. And it's not the way the Bible talks about what the purpose of life is, which counterintuitively has us looking up before in, looking up to God's design, letting God be the one who defines us, God be the one who uh, determines our destiny. And we find ourselves, we come into, we, we become our truest selves in relation to him and in relation to the salvation he has uh, bought for us through Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, it's it absolutely is such a helpful way of entering into not only a conversation with like right yourself about how um how you're operating in the world and viewing things but it's a great way of entering into conversation with others um yes. you know because you can just say okay let's just you know let's just talk about this like am i is god the primary foundation basis starting point place I'm looking, one I'm turning to, the one out of which I'm operating in the world? Or is God kind of ancillary to all of that? Do I kind of like go to him when I want something or bounce something off? You know, it is, it's just great. And I think that most people, to be honest, are defined more by the culture, the water they're living in, the culture around us, the looking out uh, part versus the looking up. I mean, I just, it, it, you've broken it down with such clarity. You've asked the questions in a way that are helpful and understandable. Um, I just really, really appreciating this book. Again, the book is Rethink Yourself. Trevin Wax is the author. Trevin, talk about the role of social media. Um, we just talked earlier with Chris Martin, and um, we are in, a, in this ongoing conversation about, you know, how we present ourselves in, you know, in the social Internet, the social media environment. But how we're formed and shaped by it is really pretty astonishing. So um, talk with us about the role of social media in this conversation. Yeah, well, Chris Martin is a, is really a, got, has a lot of expertise in this matter. I've learned a lot from him over the, the years that we've been able to work together. Uh, one of the things that that. I think social media does with this idea that the purpose of life is to look inside yourself, to discover yourself and to express yourself. Social media helps you with the expressing part because it helps you put on people just feel like they're constantly on display. And because people are, you know, putting online a persona, 
they're able to, they have this idea that we can constantly reinvent ourselves, you know, that we can, we, we determine the kind of person that we want other people to see. And so, and we can sort of design the personality of the, uh, you know, that we want others to, to, to see on display from us. So what, what's fascinating about this though, is there's a, there's a level of anxiety that arises from this because we're, we're constantly performing. We're just performing all the time. And you see this in the, in the statistics right now about mental health among young people, uh, they're, they're never off, you know, they're, the, the social game is always being played. Uh, but you also see that our, all of the compliments and, uh, uh, comments and things that happen online, they begin to ring a little bit hollow because, you know, the, the compliments we may initially feel good about how many likes we got on a post or how many people said, we look great or that this was great or whatever, or gave us a compliment. But because we feel like the person we're putting out online is not exactly who we are, that no one knows the real us, that it's something of a facade, a lot of those compliments just begin to ring hollow. They become superficial. And so our friendships become shallower. And uh, I, I say in the book that there are two types of friendship. The older type of friendship had an affirmation component and an aspirational component, meaning the old friend would affirm you for no matter what you went through, but would also there was a, they wanted you to aspire to be the best version of yourself. So they would tell you the truth about yourself. You know, they, they sometimes they, they wouldn't just flatter you. They would, they, they would help you become the, the person that you're called to be the best version of yourself. And so they would correct you at times or, you know, try to take you down a different path if they saw you were going astray or something. Well, in today's world with the social media environment, we're talking about where there's a lot of negativity online and bullying and all sorts of stuff. I think that, that, um, aspirational side has really slipped. And now we just expect total affirmation from friends. In fact, a lot of times we expect friends to celebrate even our flaws, even our failures mm. to tell us even those are beautiful. And so I, I think that makes for a shallower, more lonely world actually. Um, and it leads us to become more fragile to where we're not actually able to look in the mirror and do what, you know, I hope people will do with it. We read the book, rethink ourselves. I'm going to continue my conversation with Trevin Wax about the book, Rethink Yourself. We'll be right back. So we talk a lot on this program about cultivating the mind of Christ on the matters of the day in order that we might be able to walk our faith out into the world that God so loves in ways that honor Jesus. Trevin Wax is actually addressing that topic uh, in his book, Rethink Yourself. He is joining me now for an ongoing conversation about the book. Um, Trevin, I want to turn with you to page 143, um, because once I have uh, gone through the process of the Rethink the Self Right. And I have arrived at the um, acknowledgement that I am best defined by God and not by myself or by the world around me. Um, then I begin to rethink everything else. And so the okay. rethinking the world um, where we start with this, there's a lot of rethinking going on in the Bible. Most of it comes from rethinking the world in light of the cross and resurrection of Jesus. You're talking here about worldview. You're talking about where am I standing when I then look at everything else? And if I'm standing at the foot of the cross, it changes my perspective of everything else. Uh, cultivating the mind of Christ means I'm going to get a new mind. Becoming a Christian, I'm going to get a new heart. I'm going to become a new self. The, the New Testament talks a lot about the old self and the new self. Um, and so I really appreciated that where you're taking us here is the cultivation of the new self. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I think that um, the the whole New Testament actually is designed to cultivate in us virtues by the power of the Spirit for us to look more and more like Jesus. And so here's we got it. We we have to as Christians we have to remember what the end goal is or what the promise is for us at the end of time. Um, it's not like some other religions where our personhood would be sort of merged into this great vast. Um, you know, um, non-personal force in the world or where our personhood would be obliterated in some way or we would cease to exist or at least as any, in any meaningful sense as a person. The Bible's vision of personhood is that God has created us in his image and that he has redeemed us by his son. And so the end goal that we are striving for is, is this. And I don't know exactly how this is going to work out for every person, but it's glorious to think about it, Carmen. Uh, all of us who are believers are promised to, at the end of time, be as much like Christ as possible and as much ourselves as possible. Meaning that who we truly are, who God has designed us to be, is not in conflict with our Christ-likeness. It's going to be compatible with our Christ-likeness. And so what does that mean for us today? Well, it means today that we are to cultivate the kind of life where everything that is not like Christ is to be put to death, and everything that is like Christ is to be magnified and pursued. And what that, but that, that's going to look different for every individual person because God is not in the business of destroying our uniqueness. He wants to have millions and millions of unique images of his son, Jesus Christ. That is what, that's what, what we are, are called to be. And so the, the Bible is really clear on this. And the Bible also is counterintuitive because it, you know, Jesus is the one who says, unlike the world, you know, we, in, in the world, we've got these statistics showing that, you know, 90% of Americans say that to find yourself, you look inside yourself. Jesus is saying, no, to find yourself, you have to lose yourself, you know, um, deny your cross, come after me, but not so that you basically will just endure a life of suffering. But so on the other side of that cross bearing, you experience your greatest joy in being who God has called you to be in fulfilling the design for the purpose for which he made you and the 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 most glorious aspect of who of who you are in a Christ-like fashion are going to be magnified and are going to be um, uh, on display for others to see. I just my heart is singing right along with you as you um as you talk about this just yesterday um my husband Jim was just he was just kind of reveling in the moment and you know he said it's just it's just astonishing to even pause long enough to consider that we are designed to share in the glory of Christ. Right. Right. Now, you know, we don't get there on our own. We don't get there by being the best version of ourselves. We don't get there by our own efforts. Like, we only get there because right now we are not only in Christ, but agreeing to cooperate moment by moment with the transforming power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. I mean, God is doing it. He is making me more and more like Christ that I will be able to not only enjoy his presence, but share in his glory. That is, that is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, and it's world-altering, and it's life-changing. And it, it then creates this fantastical, substantive hope in which I can live right now amidst whatever is going on. Yeah, and it also gives you hope for other people because yeah. I don't know about you, but I mean, you look at your husband or, you know, you look at your kids or you look at friends or people around you that have disappointed you or maybe that, you know, you've, you've got a, uh, you're having a difficult time with your spouse or whatnot. One of the things that you can do 
is to look at that other person. If they're a believer in Jesus Christ, then they have the same destiny that you have, which means that there is a most Christ-like version of themselves that one day they will be completely glorified. Now, I won't be on this side of heaven, but one day that person will be there. And when you see glimpses of that, when you see little pieces of that, then you begin to put together and to say, look, you know what? I know that there's other stuff here in my own life that we've got to root out, that I've got to fight against, that I have to put to death. But I'm looking by the power of the Spirit to that glorious future. And it helps me, you know, when I think about, you know, challenges that you have with your kids or with people around you that may frustrate you at times to say, you know what, this isn't the best version of themselves, but I already have a glimpse. I've seen the Spirit at work. I've seen evidence of grace of this person's life. I know what their future is, and I'm going to do whatever I can to to help them uh, grow toward that future as well, just like I need them to help me grow to that future. It, it really does change not only our vision of ourselves, but also our relationships with those closest to us. All right. Ideas have consequences. It's not just how I think about myself or think about others. It's actually then how I put those thoughts into words and deeds. Talk about uh, the retraining of self that comes after the rethinking of self. Yeah. So the last chapter of this book focuses a lot on habits. And, you know, habits are getting a lot of discussion lately. There's some some popular books out there, secular books on just the impact of, of habits. And and I, I agree with the, the thrust of most of those books, because I think uh, we are formed not just by what we think, by what we do. We are. We, what we do really does matter. And so what, I, what I'm doing at the end of the book, and, uh, you know, I'm talking about different disciplines, you know, Bible reading, prayer, fasting, um, church attendance, uh, community, all sorts of things that actually do have a formative influence in our lives. But I'm also pointing the way for people to think, what are the, what are the habits that are influencing you that you don't realize? Um, and, and how can you subvert some of these formative influences from the world uh, with, with better influences, with better habits that are going to change you over time into the kind of person that you're going to be? To give an example, Bible reading. Uh, you know, a lot of times people go to the Bible reading and they think, of, you know, they pull out their app or whatever that, or they have a little devotional. They may have, you know, a verse that gives them inspiration for the day. Uh, that's good. I, I think that's really good. Uh, I think it's good for people to be in the Word, no matter how they're in the Word. Uh, but a lot of times, I think we go to Scripture for inspiration, but we we may miss the opportunity to really be challenged or for the Scriptures to step on our toes. We don't necessarily take bigger bites. So, what what does it say, for example, if someone says, you know what, I'm going to develop a habit before I uh, uh, turn on my phone in the morning or get on social media or Facebook or check email or whatever, I'm going to go to my Bible first every morning. I'm going to, I'm going to sit and here's what, maybe you got a Bible reading plan or whatnot. I'm going to soak in this for 15, 20 minutes before I do anything else. Not in a legalistic, hey, I can't check my phone or anything kind of way, but just in the, in the sense of, I want to be the kind of person that starts off my morning with substance pointing me to God as the center of all things. And when I go to my phone, my phone tells me I'm the center of all things, right? Because my apps are all tailored to me, my Facebook feeds or whatever it is I'm reading that there, all of those algorithms are, are tailored to me as Chris Martin would say, you know, what, what am I going to do to counter that influence that tells me that I'm the center of the world with a different message? And extensive Bible reading um, you know, adding that, even if it's 10 minutes, you know, just adding that to your day and say, that's going to be the first thing. I think that ha- over time will have a formative effect. It, it won't feel like a lightning bolt of inspiration every day. You know, it's not like <laughs> God is going to just thunder from heaven every single time. But I, I look at it like this. I mean, how many of us remember exactly what we had for lunch three weeks ago today? 
Yeah, Probably or yesterday. Not. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, or yesterday. Yeah, but did it sustain us? Mm-hmm. Did it keep us yeah, going? Yeah, got me yeah. through to today. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's right. And that's how the that's how Bible reading is. It's we 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 come to God's word, we're nourished by it. Not every time is a steak dinner or a feast where we just walk away thinking, "Boy, I just really felt the presence of the Lord today." But it's still nourishing. It's still transformative. And over time it changes us into the kind of person who's going to be more like Jesus. You are, um, you are singing, we are singing off the same page. Uh, I ask my audience nearly every day, where in the word are you? And I insist that people be in the word before they get out there into the world. So Trevin Wax, thank you uh, so much for what you do each and every day at Lifeway. Uh, thank you for this contribution to the conversation. The book is Rethink Yourself. Trevin, I hope, I hope you'll come back. Thank you so much, Carmen. Great to be it's with a delight, you. Delight to have you. We'll be right back. Well, good morning and thanks again for listening to the special day after Thanksgiving edition of Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. It's a best of show. I'm Paul Perot, her producer. Thank you again for joining us this early morning, especially if this is the first time you've ever heard Mornings with Carmen. Remember, you can hear the show live every weekday morning between 6 and 8 a.m. Central, 7 and 9 Eastern on your local Faith Radio station, online at MyFaithRadio.com, plus on the newly updated and always free faith radio app plus on the app you can go back and listen to our library of podcasts of our faith radio original shows like mornings with carmen laburge Susie larson live afternoons with bill q ideas with gabe lyons and more plus the updated app includes some new features like being able to share the podcast with a friend right from your device you can find it at the google play or apple app store or just learn more about it at myfaithradio.com stay with us another hour of mornings with carmen is straight ahead I'm Paul Perot. Again, thanks for listening on this day after Thanksgiving to Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.